for our uh, opening scripture uh, text found in the 10th chapter. We're going to begin reading verse 26, and we're going to go down through verse 31. Hebrews 10:26 through 31. For if we sin willfully, after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful expectation of judgment and fiery indignation which will devour the adversaries. Anyone who has rejected Moses' law dies without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. Of how much worse punishment do you suppose will he be thought worthy who has trampled the Son of God underfoot and counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified a common thing and insulted the Spirit of grace. For we know him who said, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. And again the Lord will judge his people. Verse 31, It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Father, as we come to you today, we have read some very sobering Scriptures in your word. And I'm asking now, God, that you will anoint me to be able to declare the message that you have laid upon my heart. I pray, God, that you prepare the hearts of the listeners, that they will listen, that they will receive, and they will obey. Speak to us right now, God. Help us, God, to understand and realize that our time here is just short. That what we do for you, we need to do right now. Bless this message, bless everyone that's here. In Jesus' name, let the church say, Amen. You can be seated. Calling your attention back to the first part of that, verse 26. For if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins. I want to speak to you today on a subject titled, The Willful Rejection of Grace. The Willful Rejection of Grace. There are many blessings passed down to us from, from God the Father above. And His blessings are not always limited to the just and the faithful. But He grants all mankind benefits and gifts because of His divine love and mercy for His creation. I don't know how you feel about it, but I, I, feel, I feel like before I was living the way I ought to live, God was still back there blessing me then. I didn't realize it then. I realize it now. Hallelujah. I mean, stop and think about it. It's it's a blessing that 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 uh, that you ain't uh, taken out of here and die, get killed in a car wreck, or have a heart attack, or something happen to you before you get an opportunity to give your life over to God. It's a blessing. Hallelujah. I mean, 
I look back over this congregation today, and I know there are several people that you can think right now, oh, my Lord, what would have happened to me if I'd have died back then? Because all of us have got things in our past we're ashamed of. Everybody. And once you come to know the Lord, you can think back and you can see, well, man, God was watching over me even back then. I didn't realize it. I was, I was, I was too dumb to understand it. But there's a lot of blessings that's passed down to us from our Father. But the greatest thing that God offers to us is His grace. There's nothing more greater that God gives you and offers to you, rather, than His grace. Hallelujah. The the grace of God is the best thing we have going for us as human beings. There's nothing else that you can come up with that's any greater. The greatest thing that you've got going for you is the grace of God. Hallelujah. It's the greatest. There's nothing no greater. From His grace flows mercy, long-suffering, forgiveness, and a vast treasure room filled with benefits too numerous to mention. There's a lot of things in this life that you can live without, but you cannot live without the grace of God. There's a lot of things in this life that you can do without, but you cannot do without the grace of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Unfortunately, many of us take for granted the blessing of grace and reject its offer by overestimating the value of other things in this life that we deem it's more important. Did you hear what I said? That we take for granted the blessing of grace and reject its offer by overestimating the value of other things in this life that we deem are more important. In other words... We put more value on other things than what we should. Because when you weigh it all out and you put it on the scale with God's grace, does nothing weigh up to God's grace. You see, there are some people today think it's their, that their jobs and their career is more, is more valuable and more important, so they'll put that ahead of God. Some people put this thing or that thing or whatever. And we take for granted the blessing, amen, of grace that God has uh, uh, given to us. Many people falsely assume that grace means that God will never impose judgment and just let our impenitent heart some kind of way slide by with no consequences for our rejection of His offer of grace. Hey, there's a lot of people out there, and it's, they're growing more and more every day, that they don't think they have nothing to worry about. God, God, God uh, uh, you know, God's grace means that He's not going to never impose judgment. 
and that because uh, He's a God of love, and that some kind of way that He's going to allow us to slide by. But that is not going to be the case. That is not going to be the case. The willful rejection of His grace, after we have been given knowledge about it, will be the chief witness against us when we stand at the great white throne. This is a sobering message today. It's one I haven't spoke about in some time, but the seriousness of it cannot be overstated. Hallelujah. You see, this scripture that I've chosen, uh, Hebrews 10 and 26, for if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of truth, there remain no more sacrifice for sin. Uh, sometimes we... We pull that scripture out of text, out of context, and, and we, and, and we, we interpret it the wrong way. Because sometimes, um, we, we look at this scripture, we say, if we sin willfully after we receive the knowledge of the truth, we, we take it and say, well, if, uh, if, if I mess up after I get saved, then I'm forever doomed. That's not what the scripture's saying. It's nowhere close to that. Anybody thinks that they're a million miles away from what the Scripture's uh, uh, referring to. Hallelujah. That if we sin willfully after we see the knowledge of the truth, there's a different meaning. And that's what I want to talk about today, the willful rejection of grace. First thing I want to talk about the sacrifice of Christ, the sacrifice that he, that he gave. And we're going to do that by going to 1 John chapter 2 and read the first two verses there. This is what he said, My little children, these things write unto you that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins. And not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Within the text of John 1 2 that I just got through reading, 1 John, uh, uh, chapter, uh, 1 John chapter, uh, uh, 2 verses 1 and 2, there are some very pertinent information for anyone who desires to miss the judgment which will one day be brought upon all, all mankind. Whether or not we realize or not, folks, there's a judgment day coming. There's a reckoning day. Hallelujah. There's a judgment day, a reckoning day, there's a payday. It's coming, and we're getting closer to it all the time. And as I, as I read First John chapter 2, the first two verses, I see some information that we need to understand. First one is that God is displeased with Sin. He said, my little children, these things write unto you that you sin not. Don't never, don't never forget the fact that God is displeased with sin. Hallelujah. Just because we, we are blessed here and there and, and God has long suffering and grace and mercy, we should never forget that God is displeased with sin. Hallelujah. And we grieve the Holy Spirit every time that we do something we shouldn't do. Every time we say something we shouldn't say. Every time we go somewhere we shouldn't go. God is 
displeased with sin. There's too many people today think that uh, God just turns us back and because of His grace and His mercy, just, just don't think about it. We got too many pastors behind too many pulpits today preaching a feel-good message. Oh, live your best life now. Hallelujah, everything's this good and that good. They will not even mention the three-letter word sin behind the pulpit. I've heard them say it, that God didn't call them to mention sin. Well, I want to know what God called them for, sweetheart. Lord. God is displeased with sin. And then there's some other information in the Scripture. That even though God is displeased with sin, He offers hope when we do it. Hello, somebody. He offers hope when we do sin. He said, if any man sin, the first part I read that these things are right of you, that you sin not, shows his displeasure with sin. But then he offers hope that if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the perpetuation for our sin. Hallelujah. He offers hope. He offers hope that when we do sin, when we do mess up, when we do go wrong, that the Word of God says God is not winner that anybody should perish, but everybody come to repentance. And it is the grace of God, number one, that leads us all to repentance, church. He gives us hope. And then, the final bit of information that I see out of these Scriptures is that this offer is not only to the church, but this offer is to the whole world. It's to the whole world. It says, He is to propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Jesus Christ came to be the substitutive, atoning sacrifice for the sins of every person ever born on the planet. His blood is sufficient. Look at your neighbor and say it's sufficient. His blood is sufficient to cleanse the sins of us all. And everyone, when they are born, has the sacrifice already laid up for them. I want you to know that when you came into this world, hallelujah, you had a sacrifice laid up for you. It was there waiting on you. It was there waiting on you for the day that you got the knowledge of the truth. It was waiting on you to the day that you reached the age of a cat. Ability that you knew better. Hallelujah. Everybody had that sacrifice laid up for them. Hallelujah. 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 That's what this scripture means, folks. If we sin willfully after we ever see the knowledge of the truth. There remains no longer a sacrifice for sins. Everybody, when you was born in this world, 
There's two things about that. Number one, you was born a sinner. You was born lost. You was born doomed to die and go to hell. We was all born with a death sentence on us. Hallelujah. It wasn't basically, basically wasn't our fault, but it's for something that we inherited. Something that was passed on. Just like, I mean, some of us have illness and disease in our body because it has been inherited. It's something been passed on. We pick up things through heredity sometimes. Sin comes the same way. So when you was born, you was born into sin. King David said, I was shaping in iniquity. Hallelujah. But then there's also something else. When you was born, Jesus Christ had already made a sacrifice sufficient for the sin of everybody. And that sacrifice was laid up waiting for you. Glory to God for the day that you reached the age of accountability. Hallelujah. That's not the same age for everybody. But the day that you receive that, uh, that get the age of accountability, the day and then the day that you get knowledge of the truth, hallelujah, that sacrifice was there. The benefits of that sacrifice is there waiting on you. But listen to me now. I'm going to tell you what, what he's saying, the Hebrew writer's saying, that if we sin willfully after we receive the knowledge of the truth, there remains no longer a sacrifice for sins. After you, hallelujah, have the gospel truth preached to you or spoken to you, witnessed to you through a testimony by somebody, and you receive that knowledge that you're lost, that knowledge that there's sin in your life, that knowledge that you're not doing God's will, and from that point on, if you do not act upon that, amen, if you willfully keep sinning, sinning, you willfully keep going your own way, that you fail to repent, you fail to be baptized in His name, you fail to be filled with the Holy Ghost, then that sacrifice that was waiting on you before you was born, it's going to be snatched away. You ain't going to have the benefit of it no longer. Oh God, there's nothing no more heart-wrenching than that. The willful rejection of grace. Grace is a beautiful thing. And you know, to be honest, I don't know why I'm preaching this message this morning. Because, you know, I question the Lord. So, well, Lord, who really is going to be there today that needs to hear this? Because the majority of you already know what I'm telling you before I say it. But I learned a long time ago that God does not do nothing for nothing. That there's a purpose and there's a reason. Hallelujah. There's somebody that's in danger of rejecting that grace. There may be somebody here that's got a loved one that's rejecting that grace. That you need to be a light to, to help them. You see, God granted you and He granted me 
the option of whether or not we accept His atoning work in our lives. That word propitiation that I read a while ago, it actually means to, to atone for or to cover. It's the same thing as what was done under the old law with the bloods of the goats how uh, uh, and, and all of those things. Jesus' blood became the perfect sacrifice to atone for us, to perpetuate us, hallelujah, in our sins. God granted you and He granted me the option of whether or not we accept His atoning work in our lives. He does not twist nobody's arm and make nobody do what they don't want to do. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost is a perfect gentleman. He will stand at the door of your heart and he will gently push the button to the doorbell. Or he will gently knock on the door. But he's a gentleman. And what I mean by that, he's not going to try to bust the door down and come in on you without you wanting to open the door and let him in. We all have an opportunity. We all have an option. We have a choice. Hallelujah. And the critical point in your life, and, and listen to me, this, this, this is the, uh, the, the whole center of this message. The critical point in your life is when you hear the truth of the gospel. It's at that point whether you choose to accept it or reject it. If you reject it, your part of the sacrifice Christ made for all is taken away and taken away from you, and at that point you are headed for destruction. Hallelujah. If we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth. There remains no longer a sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful expectation of judgment and the fiery indignations which will devour the adversaries. People who think that because God is a God of love, that He will not judge them are totally deceived and are blinded to what God's Word declares. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 11, verses 21 and 22. Listen very closely, and he will probably have it up on the board. You can look at it. For if God spared not the natural branches, take heed lest he also not spare you. Somebody tell me who the natural branches was. Jews. All right. So he's talking to Gentile people here. For if God spared not the natural branches, take heed, lest he also not spare you. Behold, therefore, the goodness and severity of God. Look at that. Behold, therefore, the goodness and severity of God. Yes, He's a God of love. Yes, He's a God of mercy. Yes, He's a God of grace. But they don't stop there, folks. It don't stop there. Hallelujah. There's a reason why Jesus died. There's a reason why He bled. There's a reason why He suffered. And the reason for it is He don't want you to die lost. He wants you to spend eternity with Him. He wants you to have all the blessings and benefits of glory. Why should we reject that? Why should we refuse that? 
Hallelujah. Behold, therefore, the goodness and severity of God on them who fail severity, but towards you goodness, if you continue in this goodness, otherwise you will you shall also be cut off. Listen to me close, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm winding out, or I am, I'm fixing to close. The line of separating God's goodness and His and severity is drawn at the point of knowledge. The Bible says, He that knows to do good and do it not to him, it's sin. Amen? So the dividing line, the line is drawn between God's goodness and severity is, is drawn to knowledge. If you willfully... Uh, um, sin after receiving the knowledge of the truth. This is not talking about. This is not talking about after you after you get saved, after you get right with God, and and, and, and sinning here. This is talking about before you make that move, before you are born again, before you give your life over to God. He said, if you continue on willfully rejecting His grace after you hear the knowledge of the truth, you receive that knowledge. Amen. What what the altar tells of and what what's what what it all about? Then that sacrifice that was made for everybody, you're going to lose its benefits. We sin willfully after we receive the knowledge of the truth. John, St. John chapter 15, verse 22. We've been studying the book of John on Wednesday nights, and it's been several weeks back now, but we remember in John 1, it said that, G, talking about Jesus coming, said he came to his own, and his own received him not. And right here, Jesus is talking about the Jewish generation of his day. He's talking about the generation, that Jewish generation of his day. Listen to what he said, and this is what he's telling his disciples. If I had not come and spoken unto them, they had not had sin. But now they have no cloak for their sin. Think about that. Jesus said, if I hadn't come and talked to them, if I hadn't come and brought the knowledge to them and, and, and had that knowledge of, of who I am and all that, he said, they'd not had sin. He said, but now they don't have a cloak for it. They ain't, they ain't got nothing to cover with. Don't have no excuse. And anybody sitting under the sound of my voice this morning, after this message I'm preaching to you, if you haven't turned your life over to God, repented of your sins, amen, and accepted that grace, amen, after I have preached to you and given you the knowledge, and you walk out that door without repenting, amen, without giving your life to God, amen, then you're telling God, no thanks, God, I don't want it, I don't want you, I'll take my chances. Hallelujah. My Lord. You see, they rejected Him back then. And millions of people are rejecting Him today. Millions of people sitting on church pews are rejecting Him. They are willfully rejecting the offer of grace. One more scripture before our close. It's found in Luke chapter 20, verses 17 and 18. 
Hallelujah. And he beheld them and said, What is this then that is written? The stone which the builders rejected. Jesus is the stone. Hallelujah. He's been the stone for a long time. He was that stone that David picked out of that creek bottom that day to slew the giant with. Hallelujah. Jesus said, This stone which the builders rejected, the same has become the head of the corner. Go on to the next verse. Whosoever shall fall upon that stone shall be broken. But on whomsoever it shall fall, it will grind him to powder. Now, I hope that you can look at that verse and you, and you can decide right quick which one is the best. Whosoever shall fall upon that stone shall be broken. But on whomsoever it shall fall, it will grind him to powder. Jesus is a stone. After you receive knowledge of the, what the truth is, you need to fall upon Him, and He'll break up the ground of your un, uh, the furrows of your heart. That old hard heart filled with sin, disobedience, He can break it up. He can soften it up. He can give you new life, new direction, and new hope. Oh, hallelujah. My Lord, I'm pleading today. We all, at one point in our life, has got to fall on Jesus. Hallelujah. We all, at one point of our life, has got to fall on that stone. We have to fall on the stone. Listen to what I'm telling you today. Unless you fall on the stone... The day is going to come that the stone will fall upon you. And if it falls on you, it will be falling upon you in judgment. Hallelujah. And it will be just, it will just be like wheat at a, at a mill. Hallelujah. It will be ground to powder. There won't be nothing there. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Jesus is coming back in power and great glory. He's coming, amen, to take His church. And He's coming to bring judgment to those who reject His grace. Brother Darrell, come on up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Here again, I'm not sure why God directed me with this and put this in my spirit. It's either because somebody here needs it, Somebody here's got some family members or friends that needs it. Maybe you need to say, uh, Joseph, run me off a copy of this and pass this to somebody. If we sin willfully after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there remains no sacrifice. The willful rejection of grace. Let's stand together. The altars are open if you feel the need to pray today.